From the creators of Relevant Magazine, this is The Relevant Podcast. It's Tuesday, May 14th, 2019, and it's The Relevant Podcast. I'm your host, Cameron Strang, and here with me in our Orlando studios, on the ones and twos, our illustrious engineer, my brother, Chandler Strang. Hello. On the Skype line from Loverland, Virginia, Jesse Carey. Hello, hello. From Gatorland, Florida, Eddie Big Cat Coffolds. Cameron, I, I love you, man. I don't say it enough. <laughs> he this does not is, even know how to handle that. This one's getting off to it. a sentimental star. And <laughs> Cameron, I can do. see the level of discomfort in your eyes. Yeah. 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 I explained male-to-male affection. I, I do love you, but I would never years. say it. I thought you didn't like me anymore. I, I thought uh, I we know, were going I, apart. I I'm, it made me sad. This, me, this yeah. means a lot to me, buddy. Wow. Well, well, I mean, wow. I, too. I, I don't think it should. I think we're going to be fine. We're going to make it. I still love you. <laughs> Uh, and from Nashville, Tennessee, author, speaker, podcaster, cowgirl extraordinaire. It'll be on our tombstone. Annie F. Downs. Good morning, Jess. We I feel like Annie should start going before me so that I don't mess up the show before <laughs> Annie gets a chance to say no, it. Just fine. don't say I, you I love random cast members in the middle of the introductions and we'll be fine. Yeah. Well, <laughs> a lot of love. A lot of love in this room. A lot of judgment. From me to you guys, a lot of love. A lot of love. So it's uh, it's basically it's an extended Mother's Day experience. A lot of love and a lot of judgment. All here on this. Sitting in the duality of your own Resting resting in the tension. You know, just the real. On Sunday, we took Brianne uh, canoeing and it was great, except uh, you guys ever been to. You ever been to uh, Blue Springs in Florida? Yeah, yeah, with all the manatees. <gasps> uh, no, I think I might be That's saying, so cool. oh, no, 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 wrong springs. That one's really nice. This is uh, Gilcrest County. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah, no, that's different. And their Either slogan way, is welcome. Me, but it's, well, their slogan is welcome to the real Florida. Oh, and oh. I will say <laughs> that sounds like a warning. That sounds like uh, oh. somebody's somebody spray painted it on the side of a mobile uh, home. And right. that's, uh, yeah. Yeah. You're going to definitely see some hanging Confederate flags oh, by no. people's picnics that they're having. Oh, uh, there's going to be a lot of different music playing pretty loud. Yeah. And let's just say the springs are where all the kids swim. Yeah. And you're just glad that there's 50,000 new gallons of water being pumped in there every oh, 30 minutes. Do you, do, you know, do you know the number one source of entertainment in quote unquote the real Florida? What's that? What? Standing around barrel fires. It's the most popular <laughs> thing to do. Those old oh, yeah. rusty barrels that there's just fires in. That, oh, they're yeah. like eternal flames of hot garbage. That's the the main. That's the eternal main attraction. Just the, uh, so we just we just run and get our canoe and we just paddle away as quick as we can into the lovely wilderness because right. this place is uh, a barrel fire. Yeah. Un- unlike unlike Blue Springs, which is uh, about an hour from there, north of Orlando, Delightful. and and you go there. It's a natural phenomenon. It's this weird part where this large river, the St. John's River, has this like offshoot, and there's a spring there, and the water is such a temperature year round that it attracts manatees. And so yes. it's this spot in Florida, you can go out on a dock and you can literally, as far as I can see, you can see hundreds of manatees. And oh my every, gosh, you can be out in the water with them? No, 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 no because they're endangered. And so every year, um, because it's Florida, it hits the news that somebody was arrested because they got their Bud Light coolers and they got a little, you know, exuberant and they jumped yeah. in there and tried to ride the manatees. Because oh, they're right gosh. there. Which I've spoken about at length on this podcast before. 
Yeah. It is ridiculous that that's against the law. If you can catch an animal in the wild and mount it and mount it, then it is your legal right. This is a God-given right. Did anyone not read Genesis? We are yeah. keepers of the garden. Dominion. They were they work for us. And I'm, when I say they, I'm talking about manatees. Endangered or not, yeah, why, yeah, they why are, are they there al- for our amusement. Why are you allowed to jump on the back of a horse or or, or maybe of a cow, but you can't <laughs> you, a manatee? It's a sea you, cow. You, you you tell me that. No, ethics. it's not a sea cow. Isn't there a different thing that's a sea cow? No, no, no. It's the no, sea cow. It's a yeah. sea cow. I, it, it, yeah. Cameron, you bring up a good point because hard, no hard one wrong on no one. one questions the ethics of riding a horse, and it right. objectively seems right. uncomfortable for the horse. Like you're 100%. right in the middle of its back. the The thing is, if you're riding a manatee, you're basically weightless on there. You're underwater. If, yeah. if you're asking me about the ethics. Of yeah. it, yeah. it seems far more ethical right. to ride a manatee than a horse. They're underwater; they're just basically floating with a current. And, they're not putting extra pressure and on. And we don't know. No. I mean, think about it. It's back. All that's coming up is a back. It's about the size of a stand-up paddleboard. You've got plenty of surface area here. Yeah, to I walk feel like around. I've seen people on stand-up paddleboards by manatees. That's why I thought you could get in the water. Well, is that, but the I thing guess that's is, a different place. You can get now. I mean, you can get close to them, and you very often in Florida, like if you're kayaking or boating around, like you'll see. A manatee right underneath your boat it's just illegal to touch them or interact with them because they were oh. endangered for so long but, but so again, that's but, the thing but again my my question is like who decided that a camel it's totally fine a horse is totally exactly. fine but like a large saint an, bernard off the table it doesn't seem but it's not illegal to jump on a saint bernard it's just sad so is there something <laughs> yeah, in the ocean that you're sad? allowed to jump on i believe what? it's the endangered nature yeah, of it, and i'm Jesse. not talking about jumping on the saint bernard annie like i'm not talking about like doing a <laughs> wrestling move onto the saint bernard annie. that would that would be just that would be a horrible thing to do. I'm talking about training the St. Bernard to let you ride it like we do <laughs> for other animals in nature that n- no one even no one even thinks twice about camels or cows. But all of a sudden, I'm the bad guy because I rode my neighbor's big dog. It just doesn't make any sense. <laughs> I'm the one that gets visited by the police and animal control. It's you. You tell it's me fair. how that math works out. Annie. Yeah, you're right. This dog weighs 250 pounds, okay? He'll be just <laughs> yeah. fine. They used, to put a barrels of, yeah. they used to put barrels of some kind of tonic on their neck and, just, you know, send them up to the Swiss Alps to rescue people. They'll be wow. fine with me doing one lap around the yard just to see if he could do it. <laughs> he is fine. Everyone just relax. Please. Um, speaking speaking of animals, I got to just bring up real quick. Uh, on the last show, we talked about the beluga whales and all yeah. of that. Oh, yeah. my gosh. I don't want to get Twitter back into ever. it. But but the only way that I can I, I I need to tell people you can stop sending me the story of a beluga whale pulling a, the iPhone. A, a iPhone because if it was that smart it would have known that the iPhone was destroyed so <laughs> there it doesn't prove anything and please everyone stop okay. sending them two, two I, things it was the actual Russian beluga whale yeah. spy whale that was caught that's the the whale it had the harness on yeah. itself yeah. still yeah. so yeah. that's why it's noteworthy too. If it was an iPhone uh, after a Series 8, it's water resistant. It's fine. It was helping. Well, it was I, being helpful. I, I, I yeah. still don't think it proved. I mean, people are just really on their I've high horse about this. I've never gotten as many retweets thanks to a relevant podcast or as many um, at replies thanks to a relevant podcast as I have that beluga whale who rescued an iPhone. 
Wow. Yeah. So we don't want your. We also don't want your mentions about why you can and can't ride St. Bernard's. You can't stop us. We, it's, we were put here and God created animals so that we could eat yeah, them and read, ride them. Read, read Genesis. That's basically the first part of the book there. Adam, yeah. all he's doing is walking around deciding which animals would be cool to ride on and then naming them arbitrarily. That's right. fine. We're designed right. to do this, people. And I'd venture to say that maybe the manatees evolved from that time to be ridden. Like as if there was some sort of like necessary paddleboarding function that had been overlooked the first go around. Right. And it's like, you know what? Let's make an elephant and a cow go together and uh, go together. And, and it's, a, it's <laughs> nature's paddleboard. Fan. Exactly. You can stand on its back. And who knows? It might be enjoyable for the thing. It makes nature's like a shiatsu massage. Nature's paddleboard. Your feet are shiatsu massaging it. It's happy. It's, oh, it's like happy. you got it in alignment. <laughs> like it had an itch for years. It couldn't get it's, to. You held it's it out. win-win. We are completing the cycle by paddleboarding on a manatee. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Who decided? Because, you know, if you ask, if you ask Ken Ham and the people at the Creation Museum, we were saddling up velociraptors like 3,000 years ago. It's not a big deal. These animals, nature is a brutal, weird place. I'm sure they would like the companionship of having a human teach it to, 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 you know, for this kind of union where you, yeah. you can, you can use it as a source of transportation and friendship. I don't see what the big deal is. And I, and I <laughs> open my window and I hope you're listening, neighbor. The St. Bernard, he's fine. He's fine. Please relax. He was limping before I got on him. Oh, and this, ap- and this applies to Great Danes. This applies to any dog, by the way. I got on him. Yeah. Just hands, <laughs> anything. Uh, we have a great show in store for you today. Coming up, uh, this is great. Tony Hale uh, joins oh, us. Yeah. Uh, Emmy Award winning actor. Uh, he was in most recently Veep, uh, which ended uh, this past Sunday night, had its series finale. Uh, we talked to him about his career, his faith, and his process for overcame, overcoming anxiety and staying present. It's a fantastic conversation. It's coming up later. We also have a feature with Tony in the new issue of Relevant that you don't want to miss, but we have parts of that conversation today. That'll be fun. He's um, a great person. That's right. You've, you've talked to him as well, huh? Oh, yeah. And he's just like a really, uh, he like supports IJM. And you're just uh, yeah. like, so you see him out on things with his IJM pin on. And it's just so like, hey, look. I, look I will that. say, hey, Eddie, I will say this. This is, this is not, I didn't, I didn't tell this to Eddie beforehand. The day, the night I texted, we were, we were, you know, I always chit chat with people, just get them comfortable beforehand. And, yeah. uh, Tony Hale informed me that he exchanged text messages with you that day, Eddie. So look at that, man. You're what? just, uh, hey, he also d- told me, Eddie, you're text friends with Tony Hale? He, he, also, please don't be a weird. Just he, please keep it he, not weird. He, he also, because <laughs> I told him, you know, we're chit chatting, hey, where are you at right now? Blah, blah, blah. Uh, where are you calling from? So he briefly lived in Virginia Beach, Tony Hale. He went to, yes. he went to Regent University here. And there is down the street from us a nautical museum, which I remember when it opened when I was a kid. And it's called Nauticus. But they didn't do a great job marketing <laughs> Nauticus because Nauticus, it's oh, impossible to tell what that means, you know? And like the outside, it's like the architecture is like this big gray, like it's meant to be like Navy boat gray, right? And it has these big columns, but even though, but it it says Nauticus on the side and has no indication that this is like a a, a children's naval museum. Oh, I literally thought it was a building where you go in there and they hug you because it's not a kiss. 
Oh boy. <laughs> they handshakes. Lots of handshakes. You really, really walked taps. that all the way to the end, didn't you? Not a kiss. You, you walked it all Not the way kiss. there. Just spent all that time. <laughs> Just slowly. <laughs> it's a building of all the other options. So anyway, Wait for Tony, it. Oh. Tony Hale's like, you know, what's funny is he's like, I I I uh you know live there for a while and I had my job was right when Nauticus opened you know that I was like he was in like a, a theater class and so they had like they were hiring like performers at Nauticus remind you this is like a children's museum centered on naval stuff like you right. know you can go operate ships and stuff so he is hired to be the greeter at the door that performs magic tricks for families coming in and he's like wacky <gasps> wacky That's doctor what Tony Hale did Wacky Dr. So-and-so. And he was like, so I thought it was going to be a great job. So I got this job. And he's like, but no one knew what Nauticus was. And for some reason, everyone in the area assumed it was a water park. So my job became telling people that showed up with families and towels and inner tubes for a day at a water park that this is actually a naval museum. He's like, my job became every day just disappointing families who thought they were coming to spend a day at the water park. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> that is so funny. Yeah, so. Uh, Jesse, I, I I had a conundrum this weekend. I thought I thought of you. And I almost texted you. I need your help. Okay. okay. You thought, no, I'm going to save this for the pod. No, mm-hmm. I didn't. I just it just occurred to me because we were talking about manatees and and wood storks, and I have a lake problem, Jesse. Yeah. Uh, there, as you know, you've been there many times. There, there's a nice old fishing spot right behind my house. Like oh, right, yeah. My view, my house points toward this little spot that's good for fishing. Well, these two men have found it, and they what? have decided that every morning. And every night they want to sit in a little John boat directly in front of my house, uh, probably 20 feet off the shore, just right there. They're two very large men and they're there every day. And it feels like they're just looking into my home. You know what I mean? Like, cause I have a lot of windows. Why do you think they've picked that spot? Well, cause I see them catch fish. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we used to call the honey hole. Yeah. 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 But they're there (laughs) every day, morning and night. And it is like, so disturbing because it's like you feel like a, a, a zoo animal being watched. You yeah. just do. So finally on Saturday morning, I had enough. Saturday morning, I'm trying to make breakfast for Cohen. I had enough. And, and Jesse, as you know, in my old house, I had a, a park, across, a playground across the street yeah. where at night the teenagers would go fornicate. Yes. You know? and, then, <laughs> at least, and I would, At least these men aren't doing that in the boat. Well, <laughs> and so, so at the could, old house, at the old house, I, I, I started... I started like standing in the uh, the windows, uh, wearing a hoodie. I started yeah. shining flashlights at them. I yeah. started at one night. I got friends. We lobbed the water balloons over the house with those launchers, you yeah. know, just to kind of like let let them know that. And I sat on the porch. I've yelled at them, you know, scatter, get out of here, go do that somewhere else. Why? Well, I'm trying to figure scatter. out how to do that to these no. two men. Are right? they like swarthy guys? Do they seem like good dudes? Like they're, what's the deal? They're, they one of them likes to wear a uh, hunter's bright orange plain t-shirt and he looks like a pumpkin mm-hmm. if that wow. gives you any idea like <laughs> yeah the, he's got a nice he's got a nice I, I say, uh, here let, let, figure I, I think i can describe it because How? i i woke up one you know i was over there uh like a week or two ago and i woke up to to leave at like seven thirty in the morning were they there 
They were there at 7.30. See? When I returned to the home at like 6 that evening, they were still there in the, there. In the job boat. They, it, it's imagine two Larry the <laughs> Cable is, guys. It's disturbingly close to my house, right? Yeah. I mean, it's like you are in my yard. It, literally, that's what Cohen pointed out on Saturday. He's like, if this was an, like if there wasn't water at the back part of our little backyard, they would be in our backyard, a normal sized backyard. Like they just came and <laughs> sat down in our grass. That's what it's yeah. like looking in our windows. I mean, it's just the craziest thing. So Saturday it, morning, I'm thinking, I got to deter these guys the way I deterred the fornicating teenagers. Yeah. I got to figure out what to do. Oh, gosh. So I got, I got a couple of big outdoor speakers and I went and set them on the deck. I mean, I'm looking right at them when I do it. I yeah. just set them on the deck and I went and on my phone, I turned on um, trance techno music really, mm. really loud. This is yeah. at like 830 in the morning on Saturday. Oh, oh, I, little, little do you know. They're into it. They're super into it. (laughs) So then it didn't deter them. I'm playing it for probably 20 minutes. They're there just casting their lines like nothing's going on. And it is blaring. So then I put on. Yeah, the rest of your neighborhood hates you. But these two guys are having a great time. So then I was like, well, maybe they're into it. And so I was like, well, this isn't working. Then I put on some Arabic music, just thinking like maybe a different language that would annoy them. Nope, they didn't nothing. And there was a lot of nice ballads in that mix. And it just was too pleasant. So then I put on underground hip-hop like uh, like aggressive underground hip-hop and that after about five minutes they pulled up the anchor and they they went on their way they came back again that night but um, yeah, i wonder if it's because it's scared the fish because maybe they just that's what were i'm like, hoping i don't care but like i don't know what to do like what yeah. do i do jesse now what is the scarecrow I mean, equivalent of getting rid of these guys yeah i mean there you got a couple options uh i mean the first is the you know smoking them out essentially and that involves aggressive odors at the end of your dock just make it unbearably horrific you know, rancid meats bags bags of old fish and meats and eggs now this now the only downside of this is your yard's going to smell terrible and your backyard and pool area are going to be completely unusable like yeah, it's right. it's yeah. you're kind of going down with the ship at that point <laughs> yeah, you know yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I, you know, I know, you know, for Annie, I don't think you would have a problem with this. I know Eddie and Cameron, <laughs> you guys aren't the type to engage in this type of uh, just go uh, chat them up, chat them up. And no. Be, right. no, no. But here's the thing, because oh, no. if these are two guys that are comfortable sitting on a boat back to back, I mean, these guys, basically their backs are touching all day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, these two are not like weird about human contact. Like, yeah. They spend their entire day, day after day, literally with their backs touching. And I've never seen them exchange words. They're just nope. very comfortable in uncomfortable silence. You know? yeah. yeah, that's right. So your your motive can't be to like get aggressive with them. You need to go out there and just be insanely annoying about the things that you want to talk about. Like as soon as you <laughs> see them, guys, 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 hey, hey. And then, you know, get that's to the point where true. they're like trying to avoid you. I think yeah. that's your only play here is to be really nice and super super annoying annie what were your thoughts about that yeah i this is going to be way unpopular but why can't you just don't like them being there is there a conversation you can have where are they just blocking your view no 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 it's it's like it's so uncomfortably close to my house and and my house is a lot of windows and stuff it actually feels like an invasion of privacy you know it's not like a normal yeah. boater out there or yeah. or most and of the there fishermen every day in the morning well the thing is most of the fishermen yes but most of the fishermen will troll along and they'll be there for like a few minutes and they move on very slowly to another part no problem we share the lake these guys put down an anchor directly 
next okay. to my house I, and got, sit there staring at my house all day. Then I'm, I'm going to fully okay. agree with Jesse that you're going to have to smoke them out. No, no, I have a better idea. I have oh, a better okay. idea. Yeah. Right. This one, huh. this okay. one is going to, this is like a rear window situation. You're going to instill fear in them and give them a story for the rest of their life, but also make sure they never want to return to that fishing spot. Cameron, we're going to need to stage a murder in your living room in full view of them. In, in the- oh, my God. Let them start seeing stuff that makes them real uncomfortable. <laughs> Cameron, you're gonna, we're going to need to stage some really weird stuff so they're pretty sure you're really an insane funny. serial killer because they've seen you do stuff in the windows. And they're like, you know, we're not going by that guy's house. You know, like here, here's the thing. I'm going to need to come over, you know, and we'll make sure all the lights are on. OK, yeah. so they see in the windows. There's yeah. no shades. We're going to stage this this thing and like i'm gonna be (laughs) i'm gonna be sitting there like all you know like on the couch like casually walking tv that's when you come out wearing like a rain tarp or something like oh my gosh this is this is a crazy serial killer in here yeah yeah Yeah. and then you know we do our thing we're gonna need to get some special effects we're gonna need to destroy a lot of your furniture because it's gonna be a drag out fight trust me (laughs) and then they're just sitting there mouths agasp (laughs) having just witnessed this you looked up and, and and like having just committed the murder, you look up and then you stare at them in the canoe and then see if they ever come back. I think that's the last time it's you like, have to worry it's about It's like those that guys. Home Alone scene where the basketball player is going by the window. Michael Jordan. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. Oh, was it Michael Jordan? Sorry. Yeah. I should know Michael Jordan. Player. Yeah, I just don't remember which player. <laughs> but that's what you're setting up is you're setting up the the dance party scene yeah. of Home Alone. Yeah. In Except a, Except it's a murder version. Yeah, except yeah. instead of like a, a lovely family holiday party, Cameron's going to conduct a brutal murder in front of these two right. gentlemen. So right. he like whisper to return. them like, can can you keep a secret? You know, so they're like, <laughs> oh, oh my God, just go out there and go, you didn't see nothing. And then just run back in the house. <laughs> <laughs> what if you yeah, just you run back a- out there and be like, hey, how long have you guys been out here just out of curiosity? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. You know what might be nice? Ask them, tell them, go out there in a real friendly way and say like, hey, I host a podcast. Yeah. You should give the recent episode a listen. <laughs> <laughs> Here we are right so now. The night, hey, the night after we stage my murder in full view of them, if they yeah. come back, we'll have someone else come over. And what happens is they they like run out of your house, look around and they look at the fisherman. They're like, you didn't see anything and just run away. You come running out like five minutes later going, get back here. Where'd you go? Get back here. I'm telling you, they, these fishermen are gone forever. They're not going to want to be a part of whatever. You, but chaos you're going to have to do a balance, Jesse, because you don't. You need to balance between. Oh gosh, we have to run and never see this again. And this is the most interesting thing we've ever seen. We need to sit here more. Yeah, yeah. that's true. That's yeah. what you're going to have to balance. The theater. Yeah. If they, they'll just be like another ten feet away, just safe a yes, little bit more of a safe yes. distance. But they're just going to. They want to keep an eye on things. Yeah, right. I don't want yeah. that. Yeah, you don't want them to go like murder. She wrote and get super interested in it. But by yeah. the way, murder. She wrote. Can I? Can I? Just since we're on murder, hundred <laughs> percent. Have you guys watched Murder She Wrote ever? Yes. Oh yeah, a lot. When I was okay. little, okay. I assume Eddie grew up it. on it. So you grew, you though. guys all grew up on it. Yeah. yeah. I've I mean, never it takes seen place it. in like a little small town in Nantucket, right? Yeah, something like that. No like idea. A, like yeah. a little seaside town or something. That has to have the highest murder rate of any city in the country. <laughs> like, there are more people that die in this town of Nantucket than Chicago. The number of homicides yeah. in this town, it's very disturbing. Yeah. Like, it's, yeah. you know, that show comes across as like very quaint. You know, Angela Lansbury, that's Angela Lansbury, right? Yeah. Yes. yeah, yeah. You know, you know, so using her intellect to solve 
gruesome murders. Like mm-hmm. that's that's a really Dude, weird show. Does she not really... do any travel? I feel like there are, have been train rides and car rides in the history of the it's show. It's a pretty close proximity to yeah. a lot Two of, of four crime. people die on that show. <laughs> <laughs> All right, stay tuned. Up next, slices. <laughs> Hey, thanks for listening to today's episode. Uh, Real quick, before we get to Slices, I want to mention a few things. One, if you joined us a couple of weeks ago in joining the World Vision 6K for water, we want to hear from you. Uh, Tweet us a picture of running or tweet us like uh, what you and your friends or you and your church did that day. Uh, We want to hear like what the relevant podcast community did that day. I mean, we realized there's no real way to track it. And we were talking about it here internally. We're like, we want to know. So uh, hit us up. Hit us up on Twitter at Relevant Podcast, or you can um, uh, post on the podcast episode page what you guys did for the World Vision 6K for water. Uh, Also, if you're a fan of the show, you should get Relevant Magazine as well. Our new issue, uh, 99th issue with um, Hillsong United on the cover, uh, with Tony Hale, with uh, Steph Curry. There's a ton of amazing content. It's out in now and we have a special subscription offer going on if you want to subscribe to relevant you can get it for only one dollar a month at relevantmagazine.com slash 12 sale because it's 12 bucks for the year because there's 12 months in the year you know one dollar a month um what's funny is like we have a relevant store we have individual copies for sale and it's the cover price right so it's 6.95 what you pay at barnes and noble and stuff there are people buying one issue for 6.95 and paying to ship it to themselves and they could get the whole year for 12 bucks. So uh, go take advantage of that. Relevantmagazine.com slash 12 sale. And also, last night, Monday night, we uh, we launched the new episode of Unedited, uh, the long-form conversation podcast. And we our guest is Joel Houston. And it was a conversation that we had last week after one of their tour stops. And he opened up about this crazy journey he's been on for the last few years in this new era, uh, midlife crisis, and just like... Dream, trying to dream again and he lost the wonder it's an amazing conversation go check that out Joel Houston on the new episode of Unedited kind of like a dream the way it all happened when all the laws of attraction break all the walls that was trapped in I could see coming back back when I wanted to learn more you're listening to Flying Lotus featuring Anderson Pack. the song is more at the beginning of the podcast you heard Half Alive with the song Still Feel so apparently if you're half alive you can still feel okay it's time for slices. What do you have, Jesse? All right. I have a twofer, but I'll keep both. Both. Very <laughs> we know. Just say yeah, I yeah, have you can just don't. my slices. Everyone knows you're two that two. are fascinating to me, and I wanted your takes on both. Uh, uh, and they, 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 they're dramatically different in scale. The first one, um, we've talked about this for a while. The, a way to make people in the era of like Netflix and awesome, you know, cheap flat screen TVs that, that you can outfit your home with. You know, how do you get people back to the movie theaters? You know, they're it's just not something that. Oh, yeah. We've talked about this a bunch over the years. Like they try like 4D and different like. Virtual reality, you know, yeah, pumping yeah. in smells, all this kind of lame stuff. Well, a, a a cinema chain in Switzerland has just unveiled their their new uh, their new ploy to get people in, and they are VIP theaters that have 
pods all throughout them that uh, <laughs> like I they, saw this. They have so it's two different type of theaters. One has very nice couches, and you and you don't buy a seat; you rent the couch for the for the duration of the. So you can lay on the couch. You know, you can basically have the home experience in the theater. The so other lay on a couch that other people have been laying on. <laughs> well, That's, the, yeah. well, well, just wait to see the other yeah. theater, which oh, features pods with oh, no, no, no. beds in them. <laughs> and so yes. it so is gross. a it is a movie theater. Full of beds with little side tables. I mean, it's not like it's not like something you'd see on the on the floor of like you know, I don't know, like a furniture department store or something. It, it, it's very pod like. It's almost like a first class. You know, one of those. Yeah, cool, that's what they look like. They look like those first class. Uh, yeah, that, I can. I get the meeting. Whenever I hear about kind of like new innovations like this or a new show or whatever, I always think about the pitch meeting. And mm-hmm. this pitch meeting makes sense. We'll have a first class experience, just like international business class. We'll have the privacy of pods. But in reality, movie theater beds is a terrible idea. <laughs> well, how, big, how big are the beds? First of all, are they like twins? individual? They're two twins pushed next to each other. Oh, so, so it's definitely you, big you enough for a, like you and a fishing buddy. Oh, you <laughs> say those two Larry the Cable guys want to want to curl up and watch? You know, that's uh, what you need to do, Cameron. Just give them game. gift cards. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> just toss so, them out to them. So you could comfortably fit two people in these little bed pots. But the thing is, like, the sides are enclosed, but you could clearly like look around and see everyone else lying in bed around. Like, yeah, which is a little yeah. weird is to be lying in bed, you know, near strangers at the theater. But yeah. I will say it's not that weirder when you think about it of just sitting in as like at a, if you go to like a sold out movie. You, you could conceivably like an old school theater be touching arms with a stranger, you know, like you could you're very, very close. Your body. No, no. Listen, Eddie, at a sold out show, <laughs> your body is inches from another human body. No, it's not. It's very I was literally at, I sold out Avengers last week and I did not even come. It wasn't even in the scope of possibility that I would have touched the people on either side of me. I mean, I don't know how that's possible. Did you buy extra seats and like and, and lay jackets down on them? Like, what was your? No, there was just a real clear. Like when we sat down, we each had our armrest. We all knew whose armrest was whose armrest, and never the two shall meet. I mean, that's it. I'm just saying, it's very conceivable that you brush skin with a stranger <laughs> at a sold out theater. And no, it's very conceivable. It's possible. It's not very conceivable that you brush skin. It's Gosh. plausible on a hot I day would... if you're both wearing t-shirts and you sit down. And one of you reaches for the popcorn and the other one puts his hand on the armrest. That's going to Yeah, I guess that first eight minutes when you're sorting out whose cup holder is whose, there is a chance Thank that skin you. could touch Thank skin. Thank you. Oh, well, so anyway, <sighs> so I'm just saying, like by comparison, laying in bed isn't that much weirder. Right. The, right. the only thing no, that I is. think is. Yes, it is. It is. Yeah. Yeah. How, it is. Is, it, it's how a, is it weird? There's an intimacy level of a bed reclining than yeah. sitting in a seat like in an auditorium as people have done for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years. And I want to be... <laughs> yeah, but we've be... evolved. We've, we've come up with a better way, which is to lie no, 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 comfortably no, 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 on a bed. No, no, no. no, we're, not no, no. Watching, we're, missing... we're not watching gladiators out here, Cameron, in the Coliseum. We've figured out, we've evolved past that. We are laying casually in a delightful little bed pot. You know, I, I, I think it's superior. Well, I agree with Cameron. Besides the sanitation issue, the other issue, the massive overarching issue that I have to tread lightly on is yeah. typically a bed yeah. isn't what you lay down and watch a movie on. It's yeah. like you're usually like sleeping or like 
hanging out or whatever. <laughs> being, you know, like, yeah, being married. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you're not like, so it's like, it's just like a little too intimate, the whole thing. Yeah. Like, that's a, yeah. It's a level of yeah, watching movies. Or like cuddling up. Like a cuddling, gonna, wait, you know, I, wait. It's I not like, it's not like the other world. half the bed is rented to a stranger. It's not like you're sharing the bed with. I with know a it's random you and your fishing goer. buddy. I know, but I'm saying but I'm like, not like staying at a hostel where my twin bed is touching their twin bed. Yeah, but no, what but I'm saying right. is, is that they didn't just line all the beds up and one and make one giant bed and just say, "All right, everyone, <laughs> go hop in it." They're bed pods. You don't have to lay <laughs> in the like box. That idea. It's not like it's not like the right, theater everybody. is one elevated <laughs> mattress. Like that's not the idea. Go here. hop in. It's one theater size mattress. <laughs> Well, the, the only well, Cameron, to address your point, the CEO literally was talking with the Swedish television station and it said, because I think everyone asked the same questions, you know, but he yeah. said the hygiene aspect is very important to us and they are changing the sheets and the pillowcases after every show. It so, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Stuff I can know. get through fabric. One, there's 18 year olds changing those shirts and pillowcases. So there's already like it's just gross. They're not going to pay attention. They're disgusting. <laughs> Everything's disgusting. Second of all, you know they're not changing the sheets. Well, I mean, I, I can barely I, but, not have panic attacks in hotels, and I yeah, stay in them a lot. And yeah, I have yeah. to be like, they change these sheets. No, do I you, mean I have to like block. Do you it. carry a a, bl- a a black light? No, I can't. You can't. I can't. You just. <laughs> I mean, you, you, that I would give you a piece of mind. And no, I have to live my life and not know. You, yeah. It would give you the peace of mind that you see. No, it well, wouldn't. It absolutely wouldn't. Well, at it least, would. At, or the lack at least thereof. At, I mean, one, <laughs> one or the other. It would confirm your suspicions or give you peace of mind. One or the other. You would know where to not lay. You would where avoid do I that sleep area. If I start knowing how every hotel. Yeah. Well, well Annie, where do I sleep? Here, here, you, you would I'll know you where, where you to sleep. step, where not to step, and where to. Okay, I'm going to lay on the left yeah. side of the bed because yeah. there's not. Yeah. It revealed no, that it was clean. I, I will tell you where to sleep in a movie theater that has beds because you shine the black light on one of those bad boys and you're like, okay. I'm just going to assume that this bed was covered in butter from popcorn and just yeah. not worry about it because oh it gosh, is stained butter from the popcorn. To I didn't even think about it that. It is stained up and I'm just going to assume this is popcorn butter and just get <laughs> cozy. Plus, I, the other problem is that I would have and the reason I would not like this idea is because if I watch a movie after like noon, I'm yeah. going to fall asleep or I'm going to have to push real, real hard to finish the whole thing. Yeah. If I was horizontal and even at a seven o'clock movie yeah. and like Avengers starts, I'm not I'm not even past the opening credits. And yeah, my, I am and I have just spent a thirty dollars on a nap. Well, the, sno- the, the snoring. I mean, think about the sound. Oh, the pollution. snoring. Oh, the whole thing. Well, snoring. Eddie, it actually cost fifty dollars for a movie ticket. Oh, theater. yeah. It's an expensive nap. So yeah, anyhow, good idea, Sweden. Well okay. done. Speaking of good ideas that involve technology. Did you guys see Jeff Bezos had his big press conference last week? Right. Yeah. Yes. He said a lot of insane things uh, about <laughs> going to the moon. And I feel like he's, I feel like Jeff Bezos, who's now the, yeah. the richest human in the history of the planet, uh, has lost touch with reality. Oh, um, the shine is off in the last year. It was like, wow, this guy's like incredible. And now more and more, it's like hmm, he's gone down a path a, where he, he's, he's gone old. from practical things like delivering packages through drones to now he wants to make uh 
uh, enormous rotating habitats that are going to float through space and house humanity when yeah. uh, Amazon factories take over the terrestrial Earth. Like, so, <laughs> uh, you know, the, the, the press conference started off normal enough where he was talking about Amazon stuff and then he talked about wanting to go to the moon. Then he unveiled this cool spider robot thing called Blue Moon. Did you guys see the Blue Moon? It's, yes. It, it's... Oh, yeah. um, uh, it's basically like an egg with spider legs that he's going to land on the moon and it's going to have a crew. And eventually he's going to, he's going to send people up there and he wants to get water at it. So this is where it starts getting more and more ambitious. Then he was going to, he's going to drill the water out of the moon, convert the, extract the hydrogen from the water that's under the surface of the moon and use that to fuel trips back and forth to the earth to the moon. So that seems pretty ambitious, but that yeah. is nowhere near ambitious as ambitious as his plans for these. This is the exact quote, enormous rotating habitats in space. So the idea is that he's going to build these giant habitats. They're going to orbit the earth, create their own gravity and we'll be able to house. This is, this is according to his predictions, up to a million people. Not only that, they're going to be like utopias. They're basically going to be like these crazy national parks. He, uh, they, they showed a picture of one. I don't know if you guys saw the picture. It looks like, yeah, th- th- this might be a little kind of a deep cut, but you ever go to a mall <laughs> that starts going <laughs> downhill be. and, oh, yeah. and uh-huh. like they, they get like a sword store in there? Yes. You know? oh, yeah. <laughs> and, Organ. And, yeah. Yeah. And like a weird, like Hollywood memorabilia store. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like there's an anime store, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so those stores start to move in, and there's one with like really trippy, tacky artwork. You know, that's like cosmic, but also kind of weirdly naturey, and probably works in blacklight. You guys know the type yeah, of yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. pictures. Any travels about. with one hangs in every hotel room. She goes in. <laughs> I do. That's the blacklight. only reason I bring a blacklight. Well, that's that's, right. that's mm-hmm. exactly what the picture Jeff Bezos showed. <laughs> it is at at the Amazon thing of this floating habitat. It is like it is a mountain range with mist and waterfalls and everything, with a deer on the side of the cliff, but. There is like this big space object floating above it and like a weird cube and outer space all the way around. It is the trippiest thing ever. But this is what, you know, Jeff Bezos says is the future of humanity. These floating uh, uh, big nature parks that are going to, you know, float above the earth and rich people like him will live on. It seems very weird and it makes me very concerned about Jeff Bezos and frankly, Amazon in general, because (laughs) it seems they've lost touch with reality. I do say, though, the one thing that is a little exciting is that I think, I mean, the idea of being in space used to be an unattainable, you'd never even consider that you'd ever go to space. But it's not that far-fetched that at least maybe our children would be able to go to space in some sort of, like, consumer model spacecraft, which is, like, a pretty neat thing to think about. Oh, I I think 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 it'll be faster than that. I mean, 20 years. You do? Yeah, I mean, go go to space uh, in an economically yeah. sustain like a vacation. I think it'd be within twenty years. Absolutely, yeah. I, it seems really cool. I mean, I feel like I'm. Do you think it's interesting yeah. that we are doing more? I always have. I think about this sometimes, and I can't fall asleep. <laughs> that we know less about the bottom of the ocean than we do about space. Right. I like that we have decided to go up and out versus stay here and keep going down toward the middle. I think that's interesting. Is that some sort of psychology thing? I don't know. I think about it when I go to sleep. I just think, how come we know so much about outside, but we have never made it to the very bottom of the bottom of the ocean? Yeah. Hmm. 
It's a good. <laughs> I'm just telling you what I'm thinking. <laughs> I don't have an answer for you, but when I was drifting off last night during a yeah. showing of Detective Pikachu, when I was lying on a twin bed <laughs> with a man I've never met. Uh, yeah. I started. Fellow fisherman. <laughs> My fellow fisherman. We split, we split the $50 ticket. Um, and I made, a, <laughs> I made a little pillow wall. So it wasn't weird. We had a barrier. <laughs> and it was totally fine. And uh, um, I'll be honest, I wasn't thinking about this at all, Annie. I was not thinking about the floors of the ocean. I just wanted to let you guys know that building a pillow wall at the theater on these beds is an option if you're a little weirded <laughs> out by sharing a twin bed with a stranger. It's just that you have to. The idea of touching a stranger, like that's why I typically will never wear shorts in public because the idea of my leg rubbing up against another man's leg unhinges me. What do you do at the beach? What? What do you do at the beach? Well, but now we're in like outside. We've got acres. We're like we're really. Where are you going? Where where that's even gonna happen? Like (laughs) yeah, just think about like walking through a store or something, and you gotta like brush up against each other on accident. The idea of my leg touching another person's leg is like a real deep phobia. Would you be going to? How close are you nuzzling up to people that your legs might touch? That's a weird thing to touch. It's not like your arms would flail out. Your legs don't flail out. It's all just like, very fascinating, Eddie. Yeah, I'm not just jump kicking around the store like that's just not going it's, to. It's like it's like Eddie, you know, when he's like leaving the aisle to go back into like the main little supermarket highway, he just sticks a leg out just to make sure no carts you know, are coming. Literally, that's, the leg would be the last part of your body that would touch another human. The I last. know, but I th- to me, it's I was going to say it's the worst and I guess it's not, but it's the worst <laughs> of all the feasible parts. Okay. But it's not okay. it's the least feasible. We gotta move on. I can't. I can't yeah. even. I just I can't picture in- you shopping in Gap and that guy shopping in Gap, and somehow your legs touch. Like no. I just, your bare legs. I, 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 would, I would unhinge. Listen, I don't know if anyone is in this dressing room. I have two options. To I have three options to knock on the door. Knock on the door. Uh, yeah. To lean down and look under there, like <laughs> to see. Just, just, just yeah. to see. Or stick, stick a their leg in and just start <laughs> swinging it around. <laughs> trying to feel it out. Oh my goodness! <laughs> like sticking your arm into a, a hole or something. Just feeling what's down there with yeah, your leg. Like like I'm noodling for catfish. Noodling, I'm just gonna yeah. Jam oh, my leg man. in the dressing room and, and start kicking around and find out if anyone's in there. I love. I gotta try on these chinos. Yeah. And just <laughs> <swing it> <laughs> oh. All right. What do you have, Eddie? Well, uh, Chandler. Chandler's gonna help me out here. Oh, now who is this? Have you ever heard this song? Oh, listen, this is beautiful. This is this is Lyle Lovett. Come on, I go out on the ocean. This is great music. Okay, do we want to listen to the whole song, or should I tell you what why this song matters? Yeah, tell us, tell us why this song matters. So this is Lyle Lovett, who great country artist. He's been around for a long, long time. He put out the seminal nineteen, I think eighty nine album Pontiac, one of my favorite albums of all time. So apparently, uh, he was playing in Texas a couple of weeks ago, and there was a woman in Texas who saw that the Love It or Leave It tour was heading to her beloved hometown, Belinda Walker of El Paso, Texas, got herself and nine of her cousins 
tickets to go see Lyle Lovett to just oh, hear and fun. listen, listen nice. to him crooning. Lyle Lovett, former husband of uh, uh, Julia Roberts. Uh, Julia Roberts. Julia Roberts. That's right. Yeah, yeah an, odd, an odd, but a great country musician. So Belinda gets her whole family together. They're paying a hundred bucks a piece. And I'm saying they're not just coming from Colorado. Uh, why did I say that? They're not just coming from Texas. They are coming from Colorado, Arizona, New Orleans. They're wow. all descending upon Texas. Wow. To a lot of red see, states. A lot of red to states. see the man, Lyle <laughs> Lovett. And it's really important what Jesse just said. A lot of red states, lot of, a lot of really deep core beliefs on what makes America great, et cetera, et cetera. Correct. So they show up to the show. They get into the theater and who walks out on stage? That's right. John Lovett. Uh, John Lovett of Obama's former speechwriter. So these women had bought tickets. Lyle Lovett was never in town. They had had never. Lyle Lovett was never coming to town. They brought they bought tickets to see Obama's speechwriter, an 85 year old grandmother. They came in from all over the country. To see John Lovett. And I would have liked it if it was John Lovett's from SNL, but it was John Lovett (laughs) um, to come and to do an entire show. In the first couple minutes of the show, they realized pretty immediately, actually, that this is not the right show and they didn't know what to do, but they realized it was their fault. And so they decided, well, we're going to stay. She said that the reaction within her family was certainly mixed, was I believe her her quote. Some of the people in her family being quite liberal, some of them being very, very conservative, sat and listened to John Lovett. Now, I don't know if you've ever listened to his show or his other show that he's on, Pod Save America, but he is feisty he has quite a mouth on him and he is as liberal as liberal gets <laughs> and so these people thought they were coming to see lyle lovett they see john lovett and they ended up saying you know he's no lyle lovett was their final <laughs> quote <laughs> and they left so this is more of just a psa to all my friends if you enjoy lyle lovett which i'm sure so many of our listeners do we have a huge lyle lovett contingency yeah uh you know it's not, love it or leave it is not what you think it is. at least they stayed <laughs> at least they're like well i, look, I love you flew in town and we're here so we'll listen to this political I, show i mean you know? but if i'm if we're all here families all together i mean why not just get up and leave and go to shoney's and then you can like talk and hang out yeah. and be with family shonies yeah. oh shonies yeah. all right oh, man. that that's that's the olive garden of god's country i've rented out a theater full of beds we'll yeah. all just curl up talk about the night and yeah. you know or, or rewatch uh you know in game together <laughs> <laughs> all right what do you have Andy? Um, well, we are, I'm bringing a slice today about something I like very much, which is talking about friendship. This is a new, uh, some new research that came out about people making friends. And you guys, experts say that most Americans have three friends for life, five friends they want to hang out with alone, and eight friends they like but don't want to spend any time with. The average American has 16 friends and has not made a new friend in five years. No new friends. Here's the interesting thing. The peak age for making friends is college. actually 23. Yeah, oh, that feels right. 23, yeah. like the year yeah. after college. That's yeah. That's usually when you... Really? Yes. 23 to 24 was, to me, the hard part because you're in a new city. Yeah, you're, but you you've have been, to make new friends. That's you're true. For, you're yeah. forced into situations that yeah. make you meet new people 
That's true. It was just hard because you're, in my experience, I was on a residential college campus for four years yeah. and like yeah. friends are built in. It's like, right. hey, you want to go down to the the gym? You just yell down the hall and somebody comes with you. You want to go yeah. to Walmart? Somebody goes with you at two in the morning. You know what I mean? It's just like right. you're always with friends. Right. And then I go to a new city and I'm in an apartment by myself and I'm like, how do you meet people? <laughs> you know? Right. Uh, it's also weird that the 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 on average the I think it's the average American I think is the study uh, hasn't made a new friend in five years. That seems yeah. that seems really strange to me. I, mean, I thought so too. I've made new friends, but I mean, in five if you years. think about yeah. it, if you're kind of going through, if if your circumstances haven't really changed in the last five years, so same job, same same Marriage. church, same whole thing. Like, yeah. what what do you what, where are you being exposed to yeah, new but, people? But but, but I mean neighbors you know i mean you're, yeah that's you though you're neighbors if you have like you know kids or family like their friends like you don't ever like you don't ever hang out with a family member like hey so and so for my work's coming along it's like oh i never met him but yeah whatever we'll hang out watch a game or whatever like that's nope. is, that's <laughs> no <laughs> and, and the whole parents of friends i mean like i'm fine to do a play date for the kid but i'm not trying to make friends with the parents i mean we hit the crossroads them. again right. with Jesse and he just, I just doesn't find understand. it weird that you guys don't you guys aren't out, you know like what's wrong with making friends with someone who lives in close proximity that it might have things in common with I like, mean honestly I'm good like I'm yeah. right okay so this is the other thing is our I think he's been on the podcast before but the uh, preacher John Mark, John Mark Comer yeah. uh, is talking about this I re- saw it on his Instagram just this weekend talking about how after you hit midlife kind of your purpose for friendship changes and so this kind of research really matches up with what his research and what his teaching has found too is that after you're in your 30s you aren't looking to expand your friend group you're looking to deepen the friends you already have and so it's not that you're trying hmm. to make new friends necessarily or meet new people unless you move, unless you get a new job. You want to, those 16 friends that you call your actual up close friends. Uh, you want those relationships to be deeper, not wider. Do y'all find that true in your life? I find that really true in my life. Oh, when, yeah. do, when does it shift? Like, I mean, because in your 20s, it's more about making more friends and you're saying in your 30s, it shifts. Like, yeah, what about your 40s and 50s? I don't know the actual year, the like exact age John Mark is talking about, but what his teaching was on was about how to follow Jesus well in your middle life. And so he just kind of kind of did a graphic about your early life and your later life. And and so I, I don't know the actual age. That, that just say. seems kind of a fa- like a false dichotomy to me, though. Like, it doesn't seem like it's either deepen the relationship with my existing friends or make new friends. It seems like both of those can happen at the same time without really any conflict to each other. Yeah, I don't know that that's true. Except that they take time. Right. So that's a thing is the I find myself having deeper friendships with much many fewer people because there's just like there's not enough time to do like like in college. It was like, yeah, sure. Let's hang out like because whatever Mm -hmm. you're doing the same Mm -hmm. thing tomorrow. You have nothing but time. You think you're busy, but you're not really busy. But now I think I'm busy. And like, so it it is to me, it's the time correlation that makes it make Mm. sense. Yeah, that's it. I I find my and I am. Y'all know me. I like having a lot of friends. I think it's really fun. But I have found myself in the last probably year or two years kind of feeling. And it may be my travel schedule. It may be who who knows what other factors. But I do feel myself really enjoying this Mm -hmm. to simplify versus expand and grow. And I really like that my deepened friendships that I call the same people every week, you know? So, yeah, 
Yeah, I feel I mean, that. I, I, even yeah, as I, a sort, I don't extrovert. have a problem with it. I just, I just find it. Five years is a long time not to make a new friend. It seems like to yeah. me. That's hard to that's hard to believe, but I guess I could get it. I've have had to because I've been in a new job and a new city in five years, and so there's been like circumstances have. But if I wasn't, if I was in same job, same city, I could. I, I feel like I would understand that. You don't you don't think so, huh, Jess? Like I, I know uh, I know a lot of new people, and, yeah. and and I guess we're friends, but it would be like you know the categories of friends. It would be like acquaintance friends. Yeah, you know that I'm not like. They can come right. or go and we have a good time if we're together, but it's not like, right. you know, but yeah. like the deep friends. That would be one of the eight that you like, but don't hang out with alone. Uh, yeah. Well, going to magic games, though, I'll hit up a lot of like acquaintance friends like, hey, you want to go to magic game? You know, that yeah. kind of thing. So we do hang out, but I mean, right. it's not like, but, that's but we, the it may go six months and not really talk or see each other. You know? Yeah. I was going to say mm-hmm. that's, that's, that's shoulder to shoulder friendship, not eye to eye. You know that's what I mean? Right. That's like, right. That's it's, a good it's like, oh, we're, we're, we're back to back. We will meet we're back to back. Where <laughs> you're sitting, where you're back, touching another man's bare back, Larry the Cable Guy style fishing in front of your house. <laughs> right. Before, no, before we're not doing that. A gruesome, <laughs> shocking, very shocking murder. Seemed very elaborate. A lot of uh, <laughs> theatrical, too. The screams. Very, that's interesting. Very, very the whole strange. deepening thing, though. I agree with that, Annie. Like, it's like, because we have limited time and it's like, well, what's the point of this? You kind of want to get past the surface level and you want to, that's interesting. How many yeah. deep friends would you all say you have? You said there were like two. Most people have like two. Uh, the research is three deep lifelong friends, five. Um, let me find it again. Three deep lifelong friends, five that you spend one-on-one time with eight that you would, um, that you like, but don't spend one-on-one time with. Yeah, that yeah. feels about right. See, I go, I go my three and my five, but then my eight is like way wider than that. Like it's like, oh yeah, you know, I'm I'm friends with, you know, forty, fifty people that I would gladly hang out with, you know. Yeah. But yeah, but yeah, the three and the five, the five thing was interesting. I was talking to, uh, I was talking to Carl Lentz for a podcast once, and I said to him, I go, like who's like who's who's got you like you know what i mean a lot of times a lot of these guys are get isolated and you know there's surrounded by yes men or whatever but like who's got your back who who are you turning to who are you talking to all the time and he goes well they say that you need five good friends and and uh he goes are you one of them i go yeah he goes okay then i have five i'm good you know that kind of thing <laughs> and it was like but that, that was the first time i heard the five friend thing yeah and it's very true like we are very intentional about like keeping up with each other and like I got you. Are you okay? You know, that kind of stuff, you know, it's interesting. The five. Yeah. I would, I don't, I don't know that mine would be three, five and eight. Mine would probably be, and maybe this is part, I wonder if it's different being single than it is being married, but because being married, you naturally have one of those and probably in the three category be my guess. But, but I think I probably, I would think there's probably five that are in that first group of like, lifelong yeah friends. i feel like my first group like because I, I still hang out with dudes that i've known for my in almost entire life like yeah. i still talk to them regularly still see them regularly you know yeah like, i guess that's true my very three best friends from are friends that i've known since i was a kid and there's three of them yeah they're they're the yeah. only ones that would count as lifelong because they were the only ones before national yeah. i know absolutely nobody i don't think i have a single I may regret saying this, but I don't think I have a single person that I talked to before the from when I was before 20. Oh, wow. I don't think anybody from growing up one. And it's because he he stayed intentional. Yeah, I don't think I have. I 
I think I have more than I can count. It's, like, it's amazing. I, yeah, it's incredible. I, I mean, it's just an yeah. admirable thing. I no, think that's I really cool about your life, Jesse. About, that's one of the things I like about your neighborhood. Yeah, but I don't think that's anything about me in particular. I think it's probably more circumstances. Oh, no, it you know isn't. I mean? It's a lot about you, though. Yeah, it You're is about a you. very good. When you and I have not talked for months, all of a sudden the phone will ring and just no time has passed and you're chatting. And uh, granted, we've been on podcasts before, but the, you yeah. know, there's like a limit to what you talk about on well, a show. Like I, you just I'll pop right back in. If there's an old friend, old buddy from elementary school that we have, <laughs> you know, I've item fishes just, in my very, very small yeah, boat, yeah. Uh, and uh, then we go see a movie in a twin size bed together. And by the end of it, it's like no time has passed. Like no all. time has passed. <laughs> uh, all right, well that'll do it for slices. Stay tuned. Up next, Tony Hale joins us. listening to Valley. The song is A Phone Call in Amsterdam. Well, one of the most important things we do for our health every day is brushing our teeth, yet most of us don't do it properly. Quip is a better electric toothbrush created by dentists and designers. Quip was designed to make brushing your teeth more simple, affordable, and even enjoyable. People brush too hard and some electronic or electric toothbrushes are too abrasive, so Quip's sensitive sonic vibrations are gentle enough on your gums. And up to 90% of us don't brush for a full two minutes or clean evenly. So a built-in little timer pulses every 30 seconds on your brush to remind you when to switch sides. Uh, and, and three out of four of us use bristles that are old, worn out, and ineffective. That's why brush heads are automatically delivered on a dentist-recommended schedule every three months for just five bucks. That's why I love Quip. I use it every day. And that's also why they're backed by over 20,000 dental professionals. Quip starts at just $25, and if you go to getquip.com slash relevant right now, you get your first refill pack for free with a Quip electric toothbrush. That's your first refill pack for free at getquip.com slash relevant. Well, this weekend marked the series finale for HBO's award-winning political comedy series, Veep, which co-stars this week's guest, Tony Hale, who won two Emmys for his role as Gary Walsh on the show. Along with Veep, Tony also reprises his role of Buster Bluth in the new season of Arrested Development on Netflix, uh, stars in the upcoming Toy Story movie, is featured in the latest season of A Series of Unfortunate Events, and will soon bring his children's book, Archibald's Next Big Thing, to Netflix. Ton going on. We recently spoke to Tony about his faith, uh, how it informs his career, his battle with anxiety, and how to find redemption in broken characters. You recently talked to him, Jesse, right? Yeah. Yeah, it was a really great conversation. Um, you know, what's interesting is, you know, he's a guy who's been really successful. Um, but, you know, the other side of success is you always stay busy. And especially in that industry, it's one of those things where you're always kind of looking for your next thing. So mm-hmm. I wanted to ask him about that, about what he felt about, you know, being able to be present uh, and what it's like when you never really officially, quote unquote, arrive, even though you get a, a lot of success. Here's what he had to say. I talk about being present so much because I suck at it. <clears throat> I'm not good at it. So that's why I talk about it so much. But it's, I think I do little things like, I mean, this is post therapy, by the way. I can't take credit for this. This is having a, a really a good couple of therapists. But it's like little tools like... um I'll touch things around me like a table or um, a, a blanket or something just to kind of ground myself. I'll find myself being like, all right, right now I'll, I'll mentally be like, right now I'm talking to Jesse. That's where I am right now. 
um, just to always remind myself of where I am. And I have to do that a hundred times a day. So it's like stuff like that. I really, because if I don't, my default is living, is being checked out. My default is being somewhere else. It's more of a challenge to be where I am. So it's like a real daily choice for me. I, hmm. that's something that I don't know about you guys, but I feel like I can relate to that a lot. Like, I feel like I'm yeah. always thinking about the next thing so totally. much so that I'm often not present, you know? Oh, well, and then it says like, you just start to lose. You're like, oh man, that was like a, it was like a week ago. And then you realize it was three months ago and, and you just, you're like, man, I am just ticking through these days too fast. I have to yeah. like somehow slow this whole thing down. Yeah. I, I, I struggle with that. Like, life's a blur like weeks go by months go by and you're like what but i feel i feel like i i lived with uh i've been around a lot of people who aren't present you know and so like i've that what that's put in me is an intentionality of like okay i've got to block out all the other stuff in that moment and be present like sitting in a lobby at after church and you're just chit-chatting with somebody i'm not going to be looking over their shoulder to see who else is around i am locked eyes you know, we're at a movie theater laying down in bed. I am locked eyes with the person I'm with. You know, I am not, I'm not going to be looking to the left or right. No, yeah. but for real, like I'm this, I'm the same way. That's, that's yeah. so, you have to be so intentional about it. Yeah. And the, you know, it kind of like one of the things that was fun to talk about is like, he's someone who's open about going to therapy and, and having, having his mindset shift over the years. Now that he gets more and more secure in his job and his faith and his, career and i wanted to ask him specifically about about how his faith um has been impacted his view of fame and how it's evolved over the years and, and here's what he had to say for me for my faith i think also in the when i first came to los angeles i think i was i was very much on the defense of my with it came with my faith like i think if people found out that um my relationship with god was very important to me i think it was, i found myself being very much on defense about it Whereas the older I get, my 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 uh, relationship with God and my faith is ever. I mean, it's it's always been everything to me. But it's there's more of an ownership of it now. Like mm. he, God really is the only reason I'm doing anything I'm doing. Mm. And it's it really and it's also even when you uh, even the topic of fame. I mean, every. <clears throat> The, the base of the base of, uh, of everybody wants to be known. Everybody wants to be seen and people look at fame as the ultimate being known, the ultimate being seen when in actuality, if you're known by people that um, love if, that, you know, that people that you love and love you, that's all the known you need, mm. you know? And, and it's, it's that sense of, um, and actually people that are really, really famous they're actually less known than a person who's working, you know, at the mall in Birmingham, Alabama, because that person in Birmingham, in Birmingham, Alabama can walk into a place and whatever hello they get, whatever encouragement they get, whatever somebody's given, it's, it's, there's no strength attached. Yeah. Whereas someone who's really, really famous, there's a lot of trust issues. They actually have to isolate themselves because they don't trust a lot of people. Mm. And so they are actually less known. So it's actually the opposite of what the world thinks it is. Mm. So it's, I think with that, there's been a lot of really, I'm so grateful to be where I'm at because it's given me a really new perspective of what I used to glamorize. It's given me a really new perspective about it. Mm. I, 
I, I thought it was fascinating, I you know, him. for him to kind of o- open up about this like shift that he's had over the years because he has encountered different levels of success and different levels of fame. And now, you know, he he's like we were talking about earlier, he's got a thousand things going. He's always he's just one of those personalities that's that's everywhere. And, you know, I wanted to, I asked him, like, what was the moment that things started to shift? You know, of like when you felt like he could when he felt like he could stop chasing this moving target to learn to be present and to to, you know, hone into the day to day instead of looking down the road. And he said it actually started kind of the shift began kind of towards the beginning of his career before he got any of his big roles. Uh, Here's here's what he said. I had done a Pepto-Bismol commercial years and years ago. And my 10-year high school reunion was coming up. And I remember thinking, I can't wait to go back to my high school reunion because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna sh- to show, I mean, people that might, people that um, maybe I was insecure around. I want them to really see me in this space. I want them to see that I'm the guy on TV. And I put a lot of energy into kind of that fantasy of what it's going to feel like walking into that room. Yeah. And after that 10 year reunion, I think I, I felt worse than when I came in because I'd given something like that so much energy that's just fleeting and it's stupid. Yeah. You know, it's just, you, you really see how shallow that is. And so those kind of mistakes that I've made, it's like, it's really woken me up to like, wow, this is, it's all about the simple. It's all about um, breathing and connecting with people and, and showing, you know, loving people and loving God and, and all that stuff. That's, I mean, not to sound like a devotional, but no, but it's true. <laughs> that's, it really, it brings, it's almost like the more things have gotten bigger, the simpler they've gotten in my mind. Yeah, it's, that, I, I felt like that was a really kind of powerful yeah. and vulnerable kind of anecdote about, yeah. you know, placing the value in the wrong thing. And that's one thing I've appreciated about him and his work is it is so thoughtful. What And the, the interesting thing is, you know, him as a person, he's very, he thinks a lot about being present, about, you know, how that is sort of like this anecdote to the anxiety about the future is to be present in the, in the moment. And he talks about simplifying, slowing down. And so, I, you know, I finally want to ask him, you know, not just about the legacy of Veep itself, but the characters that he he portrays, whether it's Buster or Gary, you know, a lot of these guys are riddled with insecurity and are just anxious people. And why playing a character like Gary or or even some of the other characters on Veep who are mostly terrible people, why they have kind of a role in what could be seen as like even, you know, quote unquote, kind of redemptive entertainment. How can a show about terrible people actually point to bigger truths? And here's what uh, Tony said about that. I think what I would love to see as a legacy is, and you see this a lot with, with a lot of shows throughout the seasons, I think there's been this constant theme of you reap what you sow. Mm. And Selena is an awful person. (laughs) (laughs) She's a very, she's a very broken human being who is all about herself and only wants the most attention, the most power. She's um, not kind. And the fact is that reaps isolation that reaps um, just destruction. Mm. And I do I think our society, it's like we do invest in more and more and more. It's not enough. It's not enough. It's not enough. And 
it's just, but everybody knows that when you do give up yourself, when you do, when you are kind, when you are loving, it reaps such a better outcome. You know, so I, I love any show. So I would, I would say not just feet. I would say any show that really shows that formula. I love that legacy. Just to kind of put a mirror up to like, Hey, let's not follow this example. Let's, let's give ourselves away. Let's be kind. Let's be loving because it was, it's not only a gift to others, it's a gift to yourself. Mm. Yeah. I, I think those are really powerful thoughts and something that I think when you watch a show like Veep, where it's like entertaining and all these people have power and influence, but no one would want to trade places with them. Like, no, that, their lives seem awful. You know, right. like they, they, they have they, they have sowed horrible things over these seasons and often, you know, what they reap comes out in some sort of hilarious way. But, you know, you see the pitfalls of living your life in that kind of value system. So anyway, super thoughtful guy. Yeah. And um, if people are interested, you know, the more of that conversation is featured in the new issue, like Cameron was saying. But what, just a real pleasure to talk to. And, uh, you know, very and, and ironic, you know, very present. Like he 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 was very thoughtful about all the 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 uh the questions and kind of the things you wanted to talk about so yeah check it out in the new issue but uh yeah that's stony hill i wish he and i were like texting friends like eddie and him are you guys can see a movie together (laughs) that's just ask eddie to start a group chat and include just a group chat no big deal just type five just do one i just think he's so tony hale every time we talk to him that like every time y'all bring an interview from him on new activists or on here it he's just so wise it's like he he like when he even talks about having multiple therapists, you're like, yeah. man, he like does the work to be a good human while he's being yeah. a creative. And I'm, I'm just yeah. so impressed with that in a weird industry, like in yeah. a very, I mean, it's a very weird, I think it's gotta be very weird to be that kind of famous, you know? And I feel like he, he doubles down on the work to stay as a normal as, as possible in that kind of world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. Well, stay tuned up next. Oh boy. It's ask the cast. I am a spider. Maybe sometimes you wonder if the Bible still matters. Maybe sometimes you wonder if a personal relationship with God is really possible. You're not alone. That's why Ravi Zacharias put together The Logic of God, This devotional offers 52 profound readings explaining how and why Christianity, the Bible, and God are still relevant, essential, and life-altering. Not only does Zacharias lay these out in a weekly format, but he makes profound biblical truths easy to understand. Whether you're struggling with questions and doubts, confused, curious, or just want a clearer way to express your faith, the logic of God has answers that satisfy the heart and the mind. For a limited time, Relevant Podcast listeners can save 40% off the logic of God using code RELEVANT at bit.ly slash logpod1. You're listening to Benet. The song is Evil Spider. <laughs> okay, we last week got on the Twitter and said to y'all, hey, you want to hear from us. I know you want us to talk more. And so we asked you to ask us anything you wanted. Uh, you hit us up and <laughs> sent in, I don't know, there's some life advice questions. There was just a lot of get to know you stuff. So I yeah. figured uh, I'd, I'd, lob, I'd lob some of your questions to the cast here. And it's time for Ask the Cast. 
So here's a get to know you okay. for everybody. Anna Beth asks, where did you go to college and what did you major in? Uh, you know what? I hard pass. I don't like to talk about uh, myself. School, oh my God. School, <laughs> school of life uh, degree yeah. in hard knocks. No. B- uh, BYU, uh, Backyard yeah. University. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Oral, Oral Roberts University in Tulsa, Oklahoma with a major in mass media communications and emphasis in journalism. So there you go. Oh, what was your minor? Because yeah. we had I, the... Ex- we had the exact same degree. I didn't do a minor. School. I didn't do a minor. I, I didn't believe. do a minor either. I don't, I don't, I don't believe in minors. Minors are pointless and stupid. Same school, same education, several <laughs> years apart. Yeah. Yeah. Look at that. Eddie, what was yours? Come I, on. I went to a local cosmetology school and I've uh, never been a shows. second of it. It yeah. shows. Yeah. <laughs> Your skin is beautiful. Your skin university, is beautiful. I went to University of Florida, go Gators, uh, studied basically sociology, family, youth, and community science is what it's called. And then Asbury Seminary got my MDiv in counseling. So there you go. I can't believe you haven't talked about the fact that you went to Florida and now you're back in Gainesville as a grown up. Yeah. It's a real different place because in the suburbs, because like all the places that were like, cool, like one, if they're still there, I shouldn't go because I'm (laughs) almost 40. Um, And then the other thing is most of them are gone because you know, it's been 20 years. Right. So it's a, it's different, (laughs) but it is good to be back. Sweet Florida. Annie, what's your, college and I went degree. to the University of Georgia go dog sickum and I studied <laughs> early childhood education sure you did all did. makes sense taught, what was your minor? five years of school before this before this what, life what was so, your minor I didn't have one Oh, yeah, good. Minor, we're we're minor free in this family. Minors are for saps who believe yeah. in paying for nothing. Why well, it didn't yeah. help you? A minor didn't help you with anything. You don't even get a degree in it. I made my own minor. I, I was like, I literally, I, I, I kind of looked at all the business courses and stuff. And I was like, I want to learn marketing and entrepreneurship and whatever. And I just went and met with the professors and got into senior level business classes oh, wow. without any plan. Yeah, it was I, fun. I was too busy out there making that coin. I had several on campus jobs. That was my minor was minimum what wage. Were you, hey, what labor. was your, me too. What were your on campus jobs? I worked for event planning, which is basically set up tables and bleachers and stuff. Yeah. Uh, I worked. I was. I worked transportation, which was the coolest job because Me too. you just rode. You, you rode for vans back and forth, huh? You work for Motorpool? I did yeah. too. Yeah, oh which is gosh. great because you just drive back and forth from the airport and you pick up weird televangelists hey, from we time would, to time. We, we would sit around in the <laughs> Motorpool office watching The Price is Right for our shift. And then yeah. every once in a while, we'd have to go change the oil or pick up a televangelist at the airport. It yeah, was amazing. Oh, we we, we so brought funny. an Xbox down there. We would just play video games all day and yeah. get paid for it. Yeah. Uh, I worked like landscaping for like a local company in Tulsa for a little while. Uh, I'm trying to think. Oh, and then I had like two. I had two scholarship jobs. One was an editor at the Oracle, which Cameron, you were editor there. The and Oracle is the student I was newspaper. A, I was the uh, briefly till I got kicked off. I had a show and was the music director oh, yeah. at KORU. But oh, they couldn't, right. they didn't like the heat I was bringing. So I got talked to and I got booted from that and lost a little bit of scholarship money. Uh, but, um, oh my gosh. No, yeah, they, they, they were totally, they're totally squares. Money. They're totally squares. I was trying to do kind of a cool Howard Stern type of thing. It was shocking stuff. I bring in a lot of weird guests. I got, Real shocking. I brought in, I brought in this, it, this didn't get me kicked off, but this set the, the it up for it when I brought in Biker Fox. Uh, can't read yeah. Biker yeah. Fox. Right. Yeah. Um, he's, yeah. he's a, a local celebrity there in Tulsa. He's this insane guy who rides in the middle of intersection and does backflips on his, on his mountain bike. And he's, he's literally like a celebrity. He's got, 
get DVDs and at the time DVDs and documentaries and stuff. And I plastered the campus with posters for his big appearance on KORU. It was a big day for us. And it really, it raised the profile of the show a little too high because then I had some ears and administration listening. It didn't long last long. You flew a little too close to the sun. Exactly. William (laughs) William asked, if you could ride any animal into battle, what animal would you choose? Zebra. Oh, I think Easy. I mean, oh, man- zebra. manatee. Done. I mean, we've already discussed. Yeah. <laughs> very That's slow, the easiest question ve- you're ever going to bring me. Yeah, very inefficient. They can't go down underwater that long. But, you know, darn it if they're not sweet. <laughs> you're just a giant target. No sociopath's going to take a shot and risk hitting a manatee. You yeah, they're endangered. Because sure. they're endangered. No one can shoot them. So yeah, they can exactly. shoot me. It's right? like a shield. It's like a shield. <laughs> uh, Cody asks, would you rather fight a duck the size of a horse or 100 horses the size of a duck? I love this question. Cody, what I'd like you to answer? submit a new question to like keep further embarrassment from it, your family. It's a I want to see a hundred horses the size of ducks so much. <laughs> I, I dream of it. I want to see that so much. Yeah, but you 100%. have to fight them. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. I just want to you see them coming them. toward me. You just kick them. I don't know what you do. I don't want to talk about hurting animals. I just want to see it. I just am dying to see a hundred duck sized horses. Yeah, little Sebastians. I, I you see that doesn't yeah. really interest me because I already picture that in my mind. I can't picture the horse, the a duck the size of the horse. That'd be too cool to see. And I wouldn't fight That's it. So easy. I would break it. I would tame it and I would fly it around. I would have my own fly I would ride it. And that would be really cool. And that's the yeah. correct answer. That's the only correct answer, Cody. Rachel asked, <laughs> What's each of your Enneagram numbers? Seven. Four. I think it's a seven, but I think it I, is. I, yeah, I, I, it's been a while since I, you know, tried to ascertain that. I, I'm, uh, I've, I've come around. I've, I'm finally what? settled that I'm an eight with a seven wing. <gasps> yeah. mm. Wow, wow, wow! Burying the lead today in the show. The man has switched his enneagram number. <laughs> I, I had half my friends who kind of led me through that process thought I was a seven with an eight wing, and half thought I was an eight with a seven wing. And I, I, lo and behold, I'm absolutely an eight with a seven. Yeah, wing. wow, so, that's yeah. great. I need to, I need so to do another deep dive. I've never really done the deep one. You know, I've done a lot of interviews about people. Jesse, about that it tells and, us enough about how you feel about the, about being a seven. <laughs> I've never done a deep dive. I don't want to know what the pain is you guys tell me what i am oh you're a seven listen i'm very good at avoiding pain and emotional vulnerability so it's gonna be a hard pass on me dog he is cameron this is thrilling yeah titus asks we are having a baby in july and every boy name we think of sounds lame got any suggestions noting that the father's name is titus yeah, so, that's a tough name. A, I know. That's, yeah, that's very manly. Your son has a high bar to clear. Yeah. <laughs> I say Thanos. That seems to be a pretty hot <laughs> name. <laughs> Thanos or Hercules or to Thor. Any yeah. of them would, oh, be really Thor would be great. Thor. I wonder if there's going to start being boys named Thor. Did you see like it's becoming a thing that like there's a lot of babies being born with Game of Thrones names right now? Yeah. Yeah. That seems so and, and Star Wars like Kylo is like a rising name like Kylo Ren and stuff yeah. like that. Oh, yeah. Just I would say Titus just please make it a strong name but avoid Steven. avoid nerd ones. You yeah. know what I mean? So Thor's pretty cool but come on. Don't you make don't it go like, Game of Thrones. Don't go yeah, like yeah. Ugh. Drechnar, the dragon mother. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And there's a lot of questions, but we'll end on this one. Bethany asks, Oh, geez. Have you ever made any permanent decisions that you regret, like tattoos, piercings, or children? Oh. What? No, not children. Children. (laughs) (laughs) Tattoos, piercings. 
Well, I, I will say this. I, I tattooed and pierced a child one time, and I do yeah. that because that's, <laughs> legally that's been following me around for a while. That, one, that yeah. one's hard to get expunged. Yeah. So. I, I want to keep this one general. They, by the way, it's weird that they ask about that. That's what they were asking, right, Cameron? Oh, did you ever yeah, tattoo and pierce a child? Because yeah, it was a, I think that's what Bethany was wanting to know. Yeah, Bethany, I'll keep my answer kind of vague because I don't want to hurt feelings, but like I think almost like seven years ago, I agreed to do like a one-off on this podcast, and I <laughs> I, no matter how Still hard I try, there. I keep coming back. So I don't know. It's it's a it's a complex thing. Really been chasing you down all these years, Annie. What is your permanent regret? I don't have one. I don't have a permanent oh, one. Way, I have Annie. some very well. I mean, I have some very ones that were fixable. Like what? Oh, um, let's hear a fixable one. Uh, I regretted buying a Toyota Camry in college because it was it wasn't as fun as I wanted it to be. Of a yeah, car. I was going to say that's a that says a that's a horrible decision. It's really <laughs> yeah, Camry, so I didn't love having <laughs> a Camry, is, but I drove it until it what, died what, what, because what, what, I paid it Adam, off. Were, were they out of minivans, Grandma? Camry, what's yours? I can't think of any permanent ones, but I mean, regret stuff I've said or something, you know, or you know, in hindsight, decisions were dumb in business or whatever, but you know, not permanent. Life yeah. moves on. Keep going. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. it. I don't I mean I That's yeah. what I told that I like kid's that's what I told that kid's mom. And yeah. she just needs to get over it because when he's eighteen, if he wants to get it removed, he can. <laughs> that's what I told that kid. Well, thanks everyone who sent in questions. There were a lot. Yeah. Maybe we'll get to more next week. Yeah, I kinda hate answering questions, but I liked that one. That was nice. So good questions. <laughs> <laughs> well, many thanks to Tony Hale for joining us. Uh remember to follow him on Twitter at Mr. Tony Hale. Um and go check out all the millions of things he's doing this summer. He's a very busy man. Yeah. Also, uh, make sure to check out the profile, the feature we did with him in the new issue of Relevant. If you haven't picked up a copy or subscribed, uh, you can actually view the magazine, view the article at relevantmagazine.com as well. Hey, thanks to uh, World Vision for sponsoring the show over these last couple of months uh, with the World Vision 6K for Water. Remember, if you uh, took any pics or had any info about what you and your friends did uh, for the Global 6K for Water, let us know. Hit us up on Relevant, at Relevant Podcast on Twitter or email us or post on the episode page. Also, thanks to Quip for making the episode possible. Remember, Quip starts at just 25 bucks, and you can, if you go to getquip.com slash relevant right now, you get your first refill pack for free with a Quip electric toothbrush. There you go. Okay, well, on that note, we'll wrap things up. I'm Cameron String. I'm Chandler String. I'm Jesse Carey. I'm Eddie Koffoltz. And I'm Annie F. Downs. We will see you on Friday. Have a great week, everyone. Thank you for listening to The Relevant Podcast. If you like what you heard, be sure to leave us a review on iTunes. Check out other shows from The Relevant Podcast Network in the podcast section at relevantmagazine.com. And while you're there, browse exclusive podcast merchandise at our online store. Make sure to subscribe to Relevant Magazine. Info is available at relevantmagazine.com forward slash subscribe. So when I lose my gravity, drifting as I dream. To be alive, searching out to rid me of my pride, call allegiance to myself. Very shocking murder. Seemed very elaborate. A lot of uh, very theatrical too. 
Those screams. Very, very, very strange. Relevant Podcast Network.